The contents of this podcast should not be considered financial or investment advice. All interviews and discussions are opinions only, and the podcast has been created without taking into consideration the listener's financial objectives, financial situation or needs. Listeners should obtain independent advice before making any financial decisions. Hi, welcome to another edition of HealthKick. I'm Tim Boreham. Well, the bad news is that cancer remains the second biggest killer in Australia behind only heart disease. The better news, I guess, is that when it comes to treating the disease, there have been more advancements in the past few years than in the past few decades. Of course, there's a lot more to be done with the harder to treat cancers, which is where the ASX listed prescient therapeutics comes into the picture. Uh, Prescient works in the field of immune oncology, which has been front and centre of the more innovative treatments in cancer over the last decade or so. Uh, But like most drug developers, uh, Prescient has got a few tricks of its own up its sleeve. Now, the company has both uh, a legacy program to treat a variety of blood and solid cancers, and this program is known as PTX100 or or PTX200, but it's also entered the very uh, sexy field of CAR-T therapies, and that's what's going to drive the company forward. Along the way, Prescient's market value has risen to around about $120 and with the shares almost doubling over the last six months, uh, investors are certainly listening. I've got Prescient's uh, Chief Executive, uh, Steve Yutomi-Clark, to uh, uh, tell us more. Welcome, uh, Steve. Thank you for having me. Excellent. We spoke about a year ago, so there's obviously been a a lot of uh, water under the bridge. Just to uh, refresh um, our listeners on your uh, background, how did you get involved in uh, Prescient? Oh, goodness me. Yes, I guess I've got a um, biochemistry and molecular biology background and a collaborator on some immunotherapy programs. But I was actually in finance because I've got a background in economics as well. And uh, I was tapped on the shoulder to join Prescient um, at that time. And uh, at that time, there were the, you know, the, the current, the foundational assets, I guess, PTX 100 and 200. But really, the, that was a, uh, there was a little bit of a turnaround story back then. It was a little company capped at $3 million with, um, yeah, needed a, a little bit of scrubbing, let's just say. So it's, it's been a bit of a journey to get to here. Yeah. Okay. So, so basically, you, you're a, a broker in effect. So, so you've got that uh, you've got that finance background. You you know all about the money men and the and the money women, but but you also sort of, sort of know a bit about about the science as well. I'd say I'm probably a scientist first. Someone described me as a scientist with a chronic banking habit, and that was prob- <laughs> I said banking there. Um, but yeah, so that probably is a good description. I think. It served me well in my career to be, I guess, fluent in both dialects, if you like. So to be able to understand and um, and to communicate the science uh, to a blended audience, but also to identify the areas of commercial opportunity within that science, because understanding the science is necessary but not sufficient in this game. So uh, it was very handy 
to have both disciplines behind me, to understand the science and the commercialization, and to be sympathetic with a financial audience. And so, so with your, your, your scientific uh, boffin hat on, if you like, you've got the two programs, the, the old one, the, uh, the legacy one, the, the PTX, and the, uh, the CAR-T program, uh, which is called Omnicar. Now, now in, in, in the past, you, you've described the legacy uh, stuff as the, uh, the girl you, you take home to meet your, uh, your parent, sort of the, um, the solid, reliable stuff. But uh, 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 CAR-T is the uh, racier stuff. <laughs> it, is, it is definitely still marriage material. Um, <laughs> and, and to stretch the metaphor, maybe uh, like an open relationship. So it is, a, it is a wonderful, wonderful platform that we are delighted to have. Uh, and we're committed to developing three programs within that, within that next generation um, CAR-T programs. But equally, uh, as a genuine platform, uh, this can be an enabling technology for third parties to collaborate and use as well. Back to the basics, I guess. Um, to describe CAR-T uh, further for us, it's... Um, uh, it's basically about sort of tricking up the T cells, isn't it, to uh, to make them more potent in their their fight against cancer. That's right. That's right. I think the best way to describe it is you're you're really weaponizing the immune system of the cancer patient. So there are the I guess the frontline soldiers in your immune system are called T cells. And they're really efficient at fighting infection, infected cells, but they're not so great at recognizing cancer. So what it involves is taking this patient's own T cells, infection fighting cells, but reprogramming them outside of the body to uh, recognize and latch onto and kill cancer. So you put a new receptor on it, if you like, that enables it to recognize cancer. And that is called a CAR T cell. And millions of these have grown up um, in a lab under um, very strict conditions and re-injected back into the patient. So the patient is receiving their own cells back. Just it is a, it is a weaponized version of their cells that can now recognize and fight cancer. So it's super exciting because there is nothing so efficient to rid a foreign invader in your body than your own immune system, than a T cell, if you like. So we're all about harnessing that and directing that against the cancer. And how long has CAR-T been around for, Steve? Well, it was first described um, sort of over a decade ago at very, very early stages uh, and was in the clinic about, you know, first about nine years ago, that famous um, story of the first paediatric patient, Emily Whitehead, who was um, you know, nine years ago now, was um, she was aged six and... Um, you know, basically failed two chemotherapies and um, unfortunately was on was on death's door. It's not an exaggeration to say when she received uh, a clinical trial of uh, CAR-T therapies and uh, just last May, oh, the May just gone, uh, a couple of months ago, um, celebrated nine years cancer-free, which it's been stunning responses like that. And there's been you know hundreds more like Emily that really um, turned the heads of the clinical uh, community and the industry to say, wow, what, we've got a paradigm-changing approach to cancer here. And, uh, and it's real. Uh, the, um, it's approved here in Australia for use, uh, the first generation of some of these technologies. And the government actually announced an exciting initiative to increase patient access here in Australia 
just last week. So it's been quick, um, but I think it's just the beginning. Yeah, okay, okay. With, with, with the usage uh, to date, and it, it sounds like we can talk about the the C word, like not 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 cancer, but cure. Um, it, it sounds like some of the results have been remarkable. But I guess uh, I guess the point is that it's been apl- applicable um, uh, to blood cancers so far, and not and not solid cancers. That's right. The lowest hanging fruit was a, a certain type of leukemia, in fact. Uh, and, and now the challenge for the industry is to make this amazing technology work in other types of blood cancer and indeed in solid cancers, as you've just said. But in order to do that, there are a number of challenges that CAR-T has to overcome, um, which includes what do you direct it against, um, which, which particular target on the surface of the cancer cell. Is it one or the other or several um, how do you make these safer? Because some of these targets are also on healthy tissue. How can I control the activity of these cells by remote control, if you will? How do I make them last longer? So these are all challenges. How do I get it to the site that it needs to be in a solid tumour and work once it gets there? So these are all challenges to extend this amazing therapy to transform other diseases. And those are the challenges that um, what, that's why we got the Omnicar platform is to address all of these, not only for us, but the third parties as well. Okay. And in terms of addressing a particular uh, biomarker, what, uh, what uh, are, are you targeting on these um, solid cancers? Yeah, well, the first thing I'd say is, um, as a genuine platform, we are agnostic on the type of cancer and we're agnostic on the type of cell we can harness, whether it's an off-the-shelf cell, a patient's own cell, a T-cell, an NK cell. So we're agnostic on that. But notwithstanding that, to address your direct question, the three programs that we've decided to um, make our lead programs in-house, one is for a blood cancer called AML, um, and we're targeting, we're only one of three programs in the world targeting um, two particular markers, CD33 and CL01, which are present in over 90% of this particular blood cancer. We're also looking at solid tumours where we're targeting something called HER2, which is on the, it's uh, very highly expressed in things like breast cancer and gastric cancer and a number of different cancers. So we think this would have broad applicability to um, a great many solid tumours. And our third program is in the most aggressive type of brain cancer called GBM or glioblastoma multiform. So AML, solid tumours, and, and brain cancer are our lead programs. Okay, okay. And 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 uh, what's your what does your clinical program look like? Are you uh, are you targeting all of these indications at once, or are you uh, being selective? Yeah. yeah, no. So we're we're pursuing them all. They're all at um, slightly different stages of development. They're in preclinical development at the moment. Um, Peter Mack um, here in Melbourne are helping us with that. We've got four full timers. Um, uh, at the Peter Mac working on this. Uh, and yeah, it's at the preclinical stage and working with purpose towards the clinic. Um, but tremendous value can be added well before you hit the clinic if you can demonstrate some game, game-changing abilities um, that, uh, that we're hoping to, to do in this system. We've already demonstrated it. University of Pennsylvania has already demonstrated one of them, which is the, the solid tumour one. 
Um, if you can demonstrate that you can switch living cells on and off and tune them up and down and change their direction, almost like a remote control, that's a bit of a game changer. Uh, and we're hoping to do that um, you know, in, in the coming, well, that's our current work program. So hopefully in the coming year. Okay. And what trial is the most advanced uh, towards uh, human studies? It's probably the HER2 program because, again, that we're piggybacking the work done at UPenn where they've demonstrated you know, that um, the, the, the proof of concept here that it worked. They used ovarian cancer using uh, a HER2 Omnicar. That's like a version one binding system. We're actually skipping ahead and using version three, which is faster and, and stronger, and we expect it, including the inventors, expect it to be um, you know, you know, more active as a result. So where that's probably got its nose in front, but the others are close behind it. Mm, okay, okay. And, and you basically acquired all of this technology um, from uh, Penn Uni, P Pennsylvania Yeah, University. that's that's right, that's right. Um, so, yeah, we, we've got an exclusive global licence from the University of Pennsylvania who pioneered this whole area of, of CAR-T and recognised the shortcomings, which I just mentioned, of the first generation. And this was a deliberate um, a multidisciplinary project from them to help address that. And we were lucky enough to, to license that. The actual binding system itself, the little bits of Velcro, if you like, that stick these things, um, these modular systems together, is separately licensed from Oxford University. And we have a global license for that as well. And that's quite intriguing, isn't it? Because these bits and pieces, these Velcro bits, as you call them, the binding systems, they're called spy tag and spy catcher, aren't they? There's sort of a that's James right. Bond element to it all. Yeah, that's, it does sound a bit James Bond, doesn't it? Maybe it's the British influence. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, and uh, so, so that's uh, that, that, that's Omnicar and Car T. Um, we, uh, we shouldn't ignore your legacy program, uh, the, the, the PTX 200 and, um, and 100. Now, that's uh, at least uh, PTX 200 is, is tackling uh, blood cancers, uh, is it not? Yeah, that's right. It's in um, AML, which is, you know, one of our Omnicar programs is looking at as well. But, you know, they're, they're different, different types of um, yeah, different markers that we're looking for there to, to switch off. One's focused outside of the cell, if you like, and the other one inside the cell. But yes, that is in a phase 1B trial under the leadership of, of Jeff Lancet. Jeff Lancet is a, a bit of a, a global superstar in the field of AML. It's, it's an awful, awful disease. And in this setting, patients die within four to six months of diagnosis. It's a truly dreadful cancer. And yeah, so that, that's, a, that, that's acute myeloid leukaemia? Correct. Yeah, yes. that's right. That's yes. right. Yeah, so we've uh, there's been 18 patients treated on this and uh, we've had three complete responses so far. So three patients with um, eradication of disease, which is which is wonderful. And that trial is ongoing. We're now we've now escalated that. Uh, the trial had a, a couple of bumps in the road where uh, the drug we're combining it with with which was the standard of care that the drugs seem to be bumping into one another, if you like, and having unexpected. Um, side effects, which we've disclosed um, you know, over a year ago now, or two years ago now, with appendicitis and stomatitis and, and weird side effects that we did not see when we used PTX two hundred as a single agent. So obviously, it's a so it, it caused us to um, change the clinical trial protocol to stop these drugs 
bumping into one another so much, if you like. And so this is like the third iteration of that, and uh, we're still committed to uh, giving this the best shot of succeeding. And uh, importantly, the clinician remains you know, very enthusiastic about uh, about this and trying to grow those number of complete responses that we've seen on this trial so far. Yeah, okay. And is the idea to, to replace a... Um replace the current therapies or um is the idea more that the uh a drug would work in 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 combination in this particular case it's a combination drug and and that's because uh well, for, for many reasons this in this particular disease you can't really take people off tried and true drugs so you need to add to them but also the way that uh, these particular problematic proteins that we're looking to switch off in this disease uh, confer not only do they drive the cancer but they cause resistance to to drugs like chemotherapy so we're looking to reverse that so in that sense combination is the way to go in, in my introduction i i sort of implied that uh omnicar the car t would sort of be driving the company but um fr- from the sounds of it the um uh the the, the ptx program is actually more advanced isn't it uh, being in human trials yeah that's right and ptx 100 is one that we uh you know, had uh, recent data on and uh so there's a lot of attention on that as well that's that's for a different type of um you know, group of cancers as well and saw some promising results from that and i think that demonstrated that not only is that um, showing early promise there but the path that we've chosen to develop this is an area of, um, it's a relatively rare type of blood cancer and has an unmet need. And what that enables us to do is to navigate a shorter path towards the market than would otherwise be possible, substantially so. So in that sense, yes, they're more mature. And that's the benefit of having a diversified pipeline is that there's some news today and there's some news tomorrow and you know, we're, we're all about tackling problems from different angles. Yeah, you don't have all your uh, eggs in the, uh, the CAR-T basket. Uh, no, not, not at all, not at all. Just um, uh, switching back to, to CAR-T, could you give a bit of colour on the interest in the sector globally um, uh, in, in, terms of, in terms of deals and... and uh, approvals and uh, what's been happening i mean for example lo- locally uh, uh, uh chimeric uh, therapeutics uh, listed uh, i think it was uh, earlier in the year uh, that that's another uh, uh, car t player yeah so it's um it's a, an area of considerable growth and uh, i think it was off to it, it started with a bang with that first generation like the Novartises and and uh, there was Kite and Juno, all of their first generation around um, this particular uh, you know, target called CD19. And then I think the sector sort of slowed and stalled for a little bit as it looked to work out where to from here. Have we picked the low-hanging fruit? Um, is there going to be, is CAR-T going to be useful in treating other diseases or is this it? And um, that's when a lot of the, the challenges that I spoke about earlier, you know, the safety, the control, uh, or the lack thereof, you know, the, the trickiness in picking the targets, that all came to the fore. And they're the problems that we're trying to solve right now. So um, I think the field has picked up pace again, and people are using different targets now. 
People are looking at different cell types now. And it might be difficult for an investment audience to pick a winner. And quite frankly, I couldn't care less who wins because this was why we went for a platform play because our magic is in the modularity. Regardless of the target, regardless of the cell type, we can modularize it with our platform. And by modularizing it, we can make them safer, controllable, flexible for different targets, address things like escape and exhaustion, all of the things that everyone else is going to be running into, we can solve. So quite honestly, I'm agnostic on, on who wins uh, because we think we will uh, have a dog in that fight regardless of who they are. Yes, I guess it it uh, it, it it just highlights the, the the interest in the in the whole sector, and um, yeah, as as you suggested, sort of uh, rubs off uh, on on yourself. And uh, speaking, I guess, of, of, of your valuation, um, uh, has the uh, uh, listing of uh, Chimeric uh, has that sort of uh, has, has that sort of um, improved uh, your uh, valuation? Oh, I don't know how you measure that. Um, certainly, it helps having more people talk about car tea. Yeah, that, that's basically what I'm suggesting. And also, you, you were, I think you were sort of an orphan in the area. You were the only pure play uh, car tea stock on the ASX. And, you know, now, yeah, now, now there's one more. So it's sort, of, it's sort of more of a sector, isn't it? I think so. And I, I, welcome, I welcome the peers for, for many reasons. But it was lonely there. Um, you know, when we were the only one, um, for, but mostly because in order to explain the value of Omnicar, I had to explain the, the shortcomings of CAR-T. And in order to explain that, I had to explain what CAR-T was. And in order to explain that, I had to explain the background of immunology. So it was, I don't think people really appreciated what we had and how, in fact, next gen we are until others started entering the field. So I, I, the more people talking about CAR-T and understanding CAR-T, I think the more people will really appreciate what we have. So I welcome it with open arms. I don't see any of these people as competitors. I see them as potential collaborators, really. Okay, great. And, and just finally, and, and just to summarise, I guess, uh, what, what should inv- investors look out for? What's, uh, what's on the horizon? The good thing about a diversified pipeline is we're quite busy with activity. You look at our last 12 months and that's been very, very active and has been reflected in the share price. And I think we're about to um, you know, embark on at least as much activity in the forthcoming 12 months, which we hope will be reflective again in in, uh, in our value. So you know, we've got um, this expansion cohort with PTX 100, which looks we're, we're very excited about that. I would invite people to go to our website and, and listen to a webinar with Professor Miles Prince, the principal investigator, uh, to hear his enthusiasm um, when we are not allowed to pay him. He's just lending his name and his unbiased view to this and to hear his enthusiasm was was very heartening. Um, so we've got news on that study. We've got news on PTX 200. Um, We've got our Omnicar programs all spitting out news, and I've not even spoken about our cell therapy enhancement programs, which are currently in stealth mode at Peter Mac. So there's so much going on for a little company, and um, can't wait to. Um, there's no shortage of opportunities to engage with the market, that's for sure. Lots to love. Okay, yeah, great, Steve. It sounds like uh, as a company, you've got a lot on the boil and a lot of uh, interesting things for investors to look out for. So great to talk.